This Kendra is where they make their mark. This is the time where you've got to turn the table. You've got to take advantage and ride this wave in this momentum. Look out! Irritation and separation amongst the slew of absentees. The storylines heading into yet another match day for Minnesota United. The Loons with one point to show from two games, despite playing against 10 men on both occasions. And the gap between Minnesota United in fifth to the top four now stands at seven points. Welcome in to the Match Preview Podcast. Callum Williams, as always, alongside former golfer soccer star Kendra D. St. Aubin. In the next segment, we'll be joined by Houston Dynamo defender Zarek Valentin. Before that, though, Kendra, let's address the last week or so for Minnesota United. As we said in the introduction there, twice they were up against 10 men and they didn't get the results they wanted. Why? Yeah, and I think that is a... a question that Adrian Heath and company must be asking themselves time and time again is why isn't it going their way? Why are they not able to finish their opportunities? And I think, you know, I've talked a couple of times now about how the beginning of the season was a different story because shots were created, but not shots on goal shots were created, but not really quality chances created from them. I think in the last two matches in particular, they've had the shots on goal. They've had the opportunities and Adrian Heath has talked several times about the final ball in the final third, the quality of the final ball in the final third, getting on the same page um, with the runs and the plays that are being made in the final third and the chemistry that we are or are not seeing. And then the finishes just not going their way. And LA Galaxy, it was Jonathan Klinsman standing on his head. San Jose Earthquakes, it was just opportunities lost in the first half against the 10 men and then really not having the better possession in the second half. And then at home against Houston, no, I'm sorry, at home against Sporting Kansas City, you have a team that has created chances, goes up a man, and still can't find a way to finish. And a couple nice saves by Tim Melia but not standing on his head like Jonathan Klinsman did. So if I'm Adrian Heath, I'm wondering what can I do differently? Who can I put where? What can I change to make the goals go in, to make the opportunities pay um, in this moment? And he's limited, first of all, on the roster in the sense of health, of the players, guys that might be going on international duty, guys who might be missing for whatever reason, health and safety protocols, and you know, go down the list. And then also just the fact that the guys that you have on the pitch have to finish. I mean, that's, that's what you get paid to do if you're in certain positions and you're a professional in this league and you've been brought in to do those things. And, and that's a huge piece of it for me is just bearing the chances that you've been given. And I think that it's, it's not happening right now for the loons. And especially as we've talked about with the number nine and Audrey to that is his job is to score goals, whether he's playing in his best position or not, Ultimately, he needs to bury the chances when it is on his head or on his foot in a goal-scoring position and opportunity. Two chances from the game against Kansas City that stand out to me, Kay, both coming from Adrian Unu. Um, it's safe to say, in, in my opinion at least, the two chances I'm talking about, one was he was right on the six-yard line, and he had to snatch it. It was it was reactionary more than anything. I think it's probably a little bit harsh to identify it as a, a real opening and a real chance for him individually. But it was certainly a chance for Minnesota. When the save was made by Amelia, the ball fell to the feet of Unu, who put it straight into Amelia. And then there was another one as well when he was slipped through, I think, by Reynoso. 
I would assume so. Reynoso couldn't have done much more in that game. Um, and Unu, with an outrushing goalkeeper, tended to to tow it towards Melia straight down his throat more than opening the hips and going either side or, or perhaps dinking it over the goalkeeper. It's easy for us to say this. You have to make this decision as a, as a forward in a split second. But somebody who is sharp, somebody who is confident, finishes that type of chance. And again, it was another unsuccessful evening in front of goal for Adrian Unu. Yeah, and I agree with you 100% about, uh, in particular, about the the second opportunity where we, I think we said this during the broadcast on the radio, that, it, you know, a more confident goal scorer would have found a different way to finish that chance in that moment. Because it wasn't those where you throw, it wasn't one of those where you throw your hands up and go, oh, another crazy save by the goalkeeper here, you know, standing on his head. This was Timelia kind of just in the way of it. And Adrian Anu just not choosing a better option to score that goal. And I do think a more confident goal scorer would have buried that opportunity. And you just have to wonder if one of these finally goes in, do the floodgates open? Because Reynoso can't do much more as far as finding the finding his feet, finding the balls in. There's been services from the wings. There's been balls slotted through. There's been services over the top. So he is putting himself, in my opinion, in better positions to be available. There's been a couple times we've still seen him just a titch off with Hassani Dotson and Emmanuel Reynoso on the runs. Maybe he's checking back and he doesn't get the ball. So he goes to peel away and then the ball comes to beat and he's already gone. So I still think there's a, a few times now where we've seen um, them trying to figure out that chemistry, but ultimately he's got to bury some of those chances. I think his opportunities that he's getting are better and he's in better positions um, a few times he's straight offside that he needs to be more aware of that back line. And I really do truly feel that once one goes, the floodgates will open, the confidence will rise. You'll see his posture change, his, his just his whole mood, I think, will change because even the assist he got in San Jose, I felt did wonders for him in that moment and for his teammates when he laid that ball back to Will Trapp, who finished it. I think uh if he's contributing to his team finding success in some way, shape, or form, his confidence will rise. But he's a goal scorer. He needs a goal. Ultimately, that's what it, that's what it's going to take. And I and hopefully it comes at Houston because he needs a goal in the worst way, and so does Minnesota United. Indeed, he'll have a chance to claim his third Minnesota United goal this coming Saturday away at Houston Dynamo. You mentioned it briefly there, Kay. It'll be a shorthanded Minnesota United. I, I think perhaps shorthanded should be in capital letters because... Short-handed, short-footed, short-headed, short-everything. <laughs> it, it's, it's been described as bare bones, and I don't even think that does it justice. Look, goalkeeping situation, fine. Backline... No problem. You would assume Brent Kalman would slot in for Bakai Dibassi, who's suspended, remember, due to yellow card accumulation. The midfield, you would assume Adrian Heath would perhaps, because of the limitations, operate in a 4-3-3. There's plenty of bodies from central midfield to choose from. There's several options there, no problem. Once again, the issue appears to be in the attacking part of the team. No Emmanuel Reynoso because of injury. Robin Lurt, Franco Fragapane, Nico Hansen, all unavailable because of injury as well. We're told today there was an issue with Juan Agudelo and Justin McMaster in training 
further lengthening the injury list for Minnesota United. I've never seen anything like this before, Kay, in terms of this many players being injured. It really is a head-scratcher when the backups of the backups are injured. What does Adrian Heath do here heading into the Houston game? Honestly, Cal, I'm not entirely sure. And, and possibility of Jan Gregus also being out and injured. Mm. Um, he took a little bit of a knock, as we saw in the San Jose game, which now is a couple weeks ago. But you just don't know what the availability is. And also, that's not the threat, right? I mean, the holding midfield position and the central midfield position is pretty solid. It is the attacking core and the wingers. Um, as we discussed, I do think the four three three is definitely a, still a, a very strong possibility. A good, um, but the problem is, is what happens when you need to make a substitution? So you have a starting eleven, and then what? What if the, the game isn't going your way? You're going on the road. It's hot in Houston. I haven't looked at what the temperature is going to be, but these are things that are are questions that need to be asked. But you are going to rely heavily on on this core group and fortunately for adrian heath it's a group that's been solid that has been consistent you still have ethan finley available you have Hassani dotson you have will trap you have jacory hayes um you have patrick Weah. if you need another attacking option with someone who's just hungry and and full of confidence as we've all seen you have ozzy alonzo um, and you have some flexibility there you can push Hassani out wide like we've seen you can keep Ethan Finley on the right-hand side. You can have a plethora of options centrally and then stick with um, Adrian Anu up top if if necessary, but you could always bring Patrick Way off the bench or change formations if need be, you know, if you're going for a goal or going for the game. So I think that Adrian Heath fortunately has options for the starting 11. It's after that that the struggles could come, and they definitely can't can't withstand another injury at this point. And, or they need some guys back. They need some guys back at this point. And you and I have, at least I have no idea about what the health of these players are. We see them running on the, on the training pitch, but we don't know what that means. Does that mean that they're ready to do soccer activities? Are they doing some stuff on the side that we're not privy to? Um, we don't know what that means. Do they rush them a little faster because of the the lack of depth? And then you're going to have Roma Metzenier and Yuka Raitala possibly on international duty as all these call-ups are happening. We just saw Raul Rui Diaz for Seattle get called in, you know, the U.S. men's national team roster just getting it out. So there are going to be some some other additional absences possibly in the future and just more issues or, or should say problems or challenges for Adrian Heath to deal with. But at least he's got a starting 11 that I feel good about. We'll see where the goals come from, but I feel good about that 11. It's just the depth after that, who do you who do you go to if you need to make a substitution? So, so what is the eleven then, in your opinion? I think it's exactly as I just said. I would start with Adrian Anu. I would start with the signing left. I would put Ethan Finley on the right hand side, central in this four three three. Then I would put because you're on the road in Houston. I would put Will Trap in there. I would put Ozzy Alonso and Ja'Cory Hayes, let's say centrally. And then you're going to rely on Ja'Cory Hayes to push up, or you're going to rely on Hassani Dotson to tuck inside and help in the attack and, and create. And that back four would be Roma Metzenier, Brent Coleman, Michael Boxhill, and Chase Gasper and Tyler Miller. That's who I would go with to start with the 4-3-3 where you feel good about the group you're throwing out there. Nobody's going to be a deer in headlights in that situation. And I think those are quality options centrally and even up top to see what they can create and go forward. 
I think um, I must admit, and I said this on on Sound of the Loons, which we recorded yesterday, and I'll have to retract a lot now because of the the injuries <laughs> um, that Minnesota have sustained over the course of the last twenty four hours. And um, do you know what I would do, Kay? If I was in charge, I would say screw it, and I would give Patrick Ware the opportunity. Um, and I would start him on the left-hand side. I don't think this is going to happen. I, I agree with the, the line that you insinuated mm-hmm. there. I think that, that's mm-hmm. sensible for sure. Um, but I would probably, I, I would give the, the young kid a go because um, there is a sense of unpredictability about him. Sure. Um, and I wonder if you stick him on that left-hand side, um, you're not sure um, if you're Zarek Valentin, who we're going to speak to here shortly, um, what necessarily... Are, are his his best qualities. You're not necessarily sure what the do's and don'ts are um, going up against somebody who essentially will, will have gone unscouted, really. So um, we'll wait and see. But uh, it'll be really interesting to see what happens over the course of the next 24 hours. Uh, Minnesota United against Houston Dynamo on Saturday. Um, we'll take a break. And next up, we'll be joined by the right back of Houston Dynamo, Zarek Valentin. Perhaps we'll ask him what he thinks after the break. Minnesota United fans, save time every time when you use online check-in for a great haircut at Great Clips. Download our app or check in online at greatclips.com. Great Clips, it's going to be great. And a very warm welcome back to the Match Preview Podcast. Callum Williams, as always, alongside former golfer soccer star Kendra D. St. Aubin. We spent a decent portion of the opening segment there talking about the left flank and who on earth may very well be playing out there. Well, Kendra, the one person that'll have to deal with whoever is playing on that left-hand side joins us now on the podcast right back for Houston Dynamo. Zarek Valentin joins us. Uh, Zarek, welcome to the pod. How are you? Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. If you could send me the uh, preview uh, before the game on the weekend, it'd be fantastic. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what we can do. Hey, we don't even know right now. We have no idea what's going on. There's a slew of injury issues for Minnesota United. So right now we have absolutely no idea. Look, before we dive into Minnesota United, Derek, let's talk about Houston Dynamo. I- I'm really sorry to bring this up, but no win in 14. It, it, it's been a bit of a torrid spell for the Dynamo. What's going wrong at the moment? Yeah, it's, it's difficult. We haven't won a game, I think, since May. And I think there's we, we have the most ties of any team in the league, and there's definitely ties in which we should have won the game, and there's ties in which we probably should have lost the game. So um, it, it's definitely been a difficult little run for us. But I think that um, all you can really do is keep your head down and, and just keep grinding. You know, the difficult results uh, against Dallas after being up a goal and then conceding two. Um, but ultimately, the, the best thing about MLS is any team can, can be competitive and compete with another team on any day. And um, like I said, we get to rebound against a good team in Minnesota that have a few injuries, but ultimately we're excited to go out there and just challenge ourselves to continue to get better and, you know, give the fans hopefully that, that win they want. I know you can never predict what the season is going to hold for you, but in the second year under tab with Houston Dynamo, is this how you saw things going with tab under his second year? Or did you think that there would be sort of a revelation of the style he wanted to play the philosophy he wanted to instill with the group? I definitely think that things, you know, everyone plans on things going differently, right? Um, it's it's never one where you, you say, oh, you know, we're going to go months without a victory. And I think that we started off the season it, hot. I mean, we, we had won three home games and we had, you know, gotten a few ties on the road. Um, so we're in a very good spot. And then obviously 
um, you know, some teams get momentum. And as I said, we, we, we tied a few games in which we probably should have lost. And then we tied a few, which we probably would have won. And it's definitely difficult, but there's always um, a chance to rebound against good opponents and to challenge ourselves. And we still have pieces that, that are new from last year. We had almost half our starting lineup is different. And even adding new players in that are playing now in Coco and, um, and teenage have only still played a handful of games for the squad. So it's one of these things where we're continually going through that process. And, and right now it's a difficult moment, but um, you know, there's always a good chance to rebound against a good Minnesota squad. Indeed. Another interesting thing about Zarek Valentin here is that obviously he's had success in Norway. He's been wonderful in Major League Soccer with the likes of Portland Timbers, Montreal Impact. He's got Chivas USA on the resume, so you know <laughs> he's been around for a little bit. And the reason I bring that up, Zarek, is, is because you are experienced. You've played in this league for a long, long time. And as I mentioned, you've had some escapades abroad as well. But where does this Dynamo challenge you're currently undergoing, where, where does this rank in your career in terms of difficult moments to deal with? Oh, it's, it's right up there. And I was, you know, having a conversation with, um, you know, one of, one of my family members recently, how it, it's, I put a lot of pressure on myself personally because of that experience and because I've been around a bit and been on some successful teams. And, you know, I want to try to help the group, but each person in handle situations different individually, you know, some, you know, when you're on the pitch, you can give them a kick in the butt and you can yell at them. Some people you need to put your arm around and give them a little bit of love. And so, um, you know, still with new teammates trying to figure out, you know, exactly which buttons to push while also trying to take care of my job too. Right. Because, you know, whenever we, for example, playing against Minnesota, whether Lodes on the wing, whether Reynoso's on the wing, whether Ethan Finley's in the ring, I mean, on the wing, it could be any of those guys on my side and they're all very quality players. So I have to try to handle my business first and foremost, while also trying to pick up my teammates in these moments. And I think that, um, as corny as it sounds, the best stories um, are ones that aren't always rosy and peachy the whole time. If you look at Cinderella and all, and all these other fairy tales, um, you know, they go through rough patches at first, but teams end up working their way through that. And I still have the ultimate belief in our team. And playing in the West, there's never an easy game. And it's one of these things where we're going to continue to try to do things properly and, and to do whatever we can to get a win. And again, it's a tough Minnesota team that we're going to go up against, but we're excited for that challenge. And, and I, I think we'll be up for it. When you say that you have to worry about your job at the same time as trying to help others along, what is your job? What is what is a when when Zarek Valentin is going good? What is your strong suit? What are your strengths on the pitch? Um, first and foremost, be, being a good defender and trying to limit the amount of touches and uh, effectiveness of the, the winger on my side. Um, and in a lot of systems, they play four three three, or even now with Seattle playing five in the back, they have wing backs. So. You, you have a matchup and a battle the entire game. And, um, you know, limiting the productivity and limiting the amount of touches and crosses and shots that my winger gets is, is first and foremost my responsibility as a defender. And then comes, you know, trying to contribute into the attack, whether I can play ball entry balls as a forward, whether I can cross, things along those lines are things that I do personally. And ultimately, I'm also a really vocal person on and off the pitch. So helping my teammates uh, as much as possible um, you know, with communication in the field, whether they need to turn, whether we need to step our lines, whether we have to drop, you know, trying to read the flow of the game and use some of that experience that I've gotten abroad and around MLS to, to understand moments in which we can be better um, and moments in which maybe you need to turn the tempo up. So things along those lines um, are ways in which, you know, if I, you know, if I look critically at myself, if I'm doing those well, it's great, but I always feel I can improve and, and trying to help my team and, you know, get success in whatever way that might be. Zarek, one individual that we up here in Minnesota still have a certain amount of affection for is uh, Mr. Darwin Quintero. 
how have you enjoyed playing with him over the course of the last two years? Um, Darwin is one of the most technically skilled individuals I've ever had the pleasure of playing with. And I've played with some very good players, but um, he never goes in the middle in 5v2. Um, and he has this, um, the ball is glued to his foot when he, when he, when he's dribbling and stuff. And, and trust me, and I've been on the wrong end of the Darwin Quintero, Minnesota days. So I'll tell you about that. Um, I remember the first, uh, it was the first game of the season in Portland. We actually won the game, but I remember Diego Chara, a fellow Colombian said, this guy's good. And I was like, what kind of player? He goes crafty on the dribble. He can, I mean, he can hit no look passes, you know, all these different things. And I was like, oh, okay, sounds good. And I haven't seen too many people dribble past Chara either because he wins the ball or because he gets the yellow card, either one. But regardless, I, they took a throw in. Darwin spun Diego, ran at me, dipped his shoulder, cut to, cut to the outside, and banged in a goal back post. And I remember thinking, pardon my French, holy shit. I, that was a, a change of pace with you know a level of control over the ball and technique that I'd rarely seen in MLS. And if those types of players that are continuing to make in the league better, and I know that um, he had a lot of good moments for you guys. And I think that um, the system here uh, definitely is, is a lot different than, than the way Adrian played back in the day. But just um, to see and learn and to hear him speak tactically is something that I've tried to, to pick his brain a bit about because he, he is a very special player um, who can still definitely contribute. Speaking of very special players, if you had to look at this Houston Dynamo roster, and I know you can't pick out one guy that's just, you know, can't live without, but who's sort of the leader on this team? Who is someone that as the team goes, they go, or as they go, the team goes? Is there someone on this roster that's that epitomizes that? Yeah, I think there's definitely a, a handful in which guys I could I could choose, but I think one of them right now is uh, Matias Vera, um, who's been who's been good for us. He scored last game. Um, he's definitely one of the guys in the center of the park that um, who I keep urging to be more vocal. Um, he, he's he's an experienced player in MLS. Has been here for a few years now, and um, you know he's firm on the tackle and he always brings that intensity. And I want. And I keep urging him to try to further his game. I mean, I feel like at times he's a you know veteran in this league as well, which he is, but I'm also a few years older than him. And I think that he can continue to evolve and and be even more of a presence on the field for us. And I'm excited to see him continue to grow as a player. You know, he scored last game and scoring is not necessarily something he's known for, but he can do that. And, I, and I'm challenging him and I know the rest of the team is to see if he can keep pushing to become, you know, an even better player within our team and an even better player within the league in which we all know he's capable of doing. Zarek, without giving away too much in terms of preparation, we've already spoken about the litany of injuries that Minnesota United have sustained over the, the course of the last month or so. So with that in mind, how do you prepare for this Minnesota United side on Saturday? And what are you expecting? Um, first and foremost, uh, it's difficult because there's injuries. You know, Reynoso wasn't an all-star game and, and all these different things. But um, it's one of these situations where I know Adrian a little bit and I know Sean McCauley um, from my time in Portland. And I know that they're going to get the guys going no matter what. That's something that, um, you know, teams around the league understand that, that regardless of who's on the pitch for Minnesota, it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a battle. It's going to be a grind. And that's something I always really respect about Adrian is um, he knows which button to push, push with players and he knows, you know, how to get the best out of them, which is why the team has been so successful as of recently. And regardless, it's going to be a, a a tough fight no matter who's on the wing you know they have a, a plethora of injuries but there's still a lot of quality on the team right you know Michael Boxwell comes back into the team and then obviously you know he's a very good center back that 
commands the back line. I, you know, I've met him through one of my buddies, Bill Tuiloba, with the New Zealand national team. So I, um, you know, I understand that, yeah, there's been a few injuries, but getting him back, you know, at the center of that, the heart of that defense is something that's going to be tough. And um, Minnesota is always a team that's, you know, organized again, that especially, I don't know if Will's going to play, but, you know, Will has a lot of MLS experience in the middle of the field there that can really hold things down. And it's going to be a good challenge. And I'm excited because these games are always fun. These tough games for me are, are, are the really fun ones that are, that are battles that are that are grinds and the wingers I go up against are you know are going to have me busy and hopefully I can have them busy on the opposite end but ultimately it's going to be a fun game because you know um, everybody wants to get points and try to try to keep moving up the standings and you know Minnesota wants that just as much as we do. What do you make of the the MLS schedule? I think this will be your sixth game in the month of August for Houston Dynamo and everybody's got these ebbs and these flows. How are you guys navigating this schedule, the the injuries? I know you were missing a lot of key players just the last time you guys came to Minnesota. Mm -hmm. How do you think that the MLS is going to come out of this 2021 season with this crazy heavy loaded back back end? Yeah, it's tough. Um, but ultimately, I, I don't believe in making excuses. I, I think that all the teams are going through it, right? All these teams have multiple loaded schedules. Everyone knows how the travel is in MLS and how wild it can be at times. So ultimately, um, I never want to point our finger at that and use that as an excuse because for me, that's not good enough. I don't want to sit here and go, oh, man, we traveled a lot. We had three games in a week. So, you know, it's okay to, you know, lose a few of those and be at the bottom of the, the bottom of the West. No, that for me, that's not, a, that's not a, a viable excuse. And, you know, first and foremost, I always try to look internally about how I can affect the team more positively and how I can pick up my game. And I know that, you know, part of that is making teammates around me better, but ultimately I think we have to just try to be as good of professionals as we can and recover, right. You know, teams spend thousands of dollars on the facilities, on cold baths, on massages, massages and all these different things. Theragons, I think the players have to take ownership of taking care of their bodies um, as best as possible because it is a long season and it is a grind and mentally maybe even more so than than physically. But um, there is a little bit of a break, I think, for the international uh, September 3rd. So we can push towards that and then maybe take a little mental reset going into the last third of the season-ish. But um, for me, it's one of these things where every team is dealing with it and some teams deal with it better. And I think a lot of that is up here. I think a lot of it's mental for a lot of different players because at times you have to adjust your tactics and you have to go through games differently. But um, it's one of these things where um, I'm, I'm excited to just have the, the game. And also if you're not doing well to have a quick game on a Wednesday is the best thing. You don't have to wait three weeks to play a game again. We're not going through, we're going through a tough moment and ultimately we get to go out there against a good team in a good environment and try to go and put out a good performance and get back on the win sheet, which I know that the players and especially the fans want desperately. Zach, look, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Before we let you go, one final question. Given the current situation with Houston Dynamo, what defines a good season now? Um, that's, that's, a, that's a great question. Um, and that's a tough one. But I think ultimately now it's how we respond. Because, the, you know, if the, we've, I've seen in the past where, where teams haven't been going through good moments but they keep trying to put on good performances and they keep being good professionals and they keep being difficult to play against. I've also sadly seen it on the opposite end where teams just quit. And I will not let that happen. That is not okay. Um, and it's going to be one of these things where it's ultimately an honor to put, to put on a crest and it's an honor to put on the dynamo crest and it's an honor to put on the Minnesota crest and how much it means to the fans. And you have to go out and respect that. And for me, it's not okay for people to say, Oh, well, we got, 
offseason coming up. Let's think about this. No, there's still plenty of season left. We've seen multiple teams win and get on runs, but it starts with one win. It starts with one performance, and maybe the ball bounces a little bit differently. But ultimately, I think for me, you know, wins will always define teams ultimately, and it will define players ultimately. But I think at this current moment, it's to respond in a positive way with good performances, with good effort, with with good body language, you know, because we're, we're representing something bigger than ourselves always. And that's something that has to be, that we have to hold accountable and something that we have to hold our teammates accountable for. And even the organization that we always constantly pushing to be better and to grow the, grow the organization and to make it proud because there is a history of winning and we're going through a tough moment, but we'll see it out eventually. And I'm, I'm excited again to hopefully get the opportunity to go out there and, and play and, 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 and push for three points. Thanks to our guest, Zarek Valentine. Really, really appreciate uh, your time there, Zarek Valentine. Really, really good stuff. As always, looking forward to seeing you on Saturday. Big thanks to the Houston Dynamo for figuring this out. As always, a big thanks to Kindred D. St. Albin, our producer, Tyson Hill, and of course, to you at home for listening. All eyes now focusing on Saturday as Minnesota head to Houston Dynamo.